excited for a beach day. You know, this is definitely not Turks and queso. Um, I said queso, oh my gosh. This is not like Turks and Caicos. You know, I was hoping for like Turks and Caicos with like white sand beaches, but it's better than the frigid cold. Don't use that. Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. Hey, baby gorgeous. You ready to go to Turks and Queso? Oh my God, wasn't that the best? <laughs> Lisa Barlow with the lines. Is she coming up with these on her own? Because that fucking <laughs> Bob the Builder was like the best until Turks and Queso. And also there was the like, I feel like we're fighting at the fair and I'm the plushie. Like, I didn't what? quite get it, but I laughed. <gasps> yeah, me too. I was like, yeah, you are a plushie. Are your gays writing these lines for you or are you coming up with them on the fly? They're so good. Maybe she's got a few gays on hand writing them, but then when she's delivering them, she's saying it wrong. Which is <laughs> the best part of it all, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Very enjoyable stuff. Did you like Salt Lake this week? Yes, how could you not? A lot happened, but I was confused mostly. Honestly, same. And, like, for the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, it's filler, like, beach activities. Like, did Robin Dixon plan this? Oh, my God. Did I not call it last week? These activities are the new goat yoga, and I think (sighs) we have Dorinda to blame because I believe Ultimate Girls Trip was the first time we did this little, what do you call that when there's, like, a bunch of activity? I don't know. Games day, blah, blah. We don't need it. And it's funny because I probably would find all that shit fun if I was intoxicated. It's like, I love a good board game. Of course, I love a good. Oh, who doesn't love a puzzle? Oh. And yet, if I had to watch these women do puzzle, I would be like, that's it, I'm done. It's structured fun, which isn't as fun to watch, whereas the unstructured chaos of them just drunk at the house, I could watch that all day. It's true. I'm sure driving around in Lamborghinis is so epic. But at the end of the day, I don't watch the, well, they call it the sports, but when the cars go around in circles, what do they call that? Uh, (laughs) You're asking the wrong person. Racing? Oh, car racing. Yeah. Like the Formula One and stuff. Yes, Formula One. I'm like, how is that fun? You're watching a car go around and around in circles. Like I I realise it's fun for many, but it's just not fun for me. Yeah. 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 So again, I don't want to see that. I'd much rather watch goat yoga. And the funny thing is out of all of them, I kind of thought goat yoga was cute, but. It was my favourite. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Not to jump ahead too much, but the thing about this beach activity was like, it was planned by a business called Beach Genie or something. And it's like, do we really need to hire people and pay money to a business to set up a couple of lounges and a picnic and games on a beach? Well, Robin Dixon would have needed them to do it because her one was done. (laughs) She needed a Beach genie, yes, yeah, she, she did. Definitely. But I was like, how is this How is this a business these days? No one's self-sufficient. I don't know if you will be allowed. Would you be allowed to do that kind of stuff on the beach if there wasn't someone who had public liability? Oh, I don't know. I mean, in Australia, come on, man, our laws are like so strict about everything. You know, you go to Europe and you can drink booze on the beach and you can also drink it out of glass. I mean, come on. What a world. Everything here is plastic cups and don't do this and don't do that. Mm. Yeah. Well, should we should we get into the episode or do you have any tea or news to spill? Well, I just finished telling you I had a trade busy week, so I haven't been up with the news or the tea. I don't think there's been that much. I've got nothing. If someone's yeah. got something that we were completely amiss on, let us know because you yeah. know I love the gossip. Drop a link, as they say, as the kids say. Is that what I they think. say? Drop a link? Nah, who knows? I don't fucking know. This episode of Salt Lake is called High Stakes and Friendship Breaks mm-hmm. and very topical, the old friendship break. It seems like 
Heather doesn't listen to Whitney at all, except she really zeroed in on those two words, friendship break, and she built her reaction around that word choice. That is a very good point. So I watched the episode, was confused about what all the fights were about. And then as I was doing the dishes this morning, I was thinking about it. Mm. (laughs) And it kind of dawned on me that is this Whitney's issue that when she has a problem with Heather and how Heather treats her, that's what Heather won't listen to. Is that what she means by you never listen to me? Yeah, see, I'm so I'm sort of skewing more towards Team Whitney at the moment because I'm I'm really starting to get negative vibes from Heather. Yeah. Just with the dismissiveness and like, yeah, talking over her sort of thing. Mm. But then at the same time, Whitney, you're not saying anything. You're not being clear. And so it's so hard. Yeah, she's not being specific. And she needs to be specific. Yeah. I grapple with that. I find myself being a bit of a Whitney with all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what I see in Whitney is that when someone doesn't want to hear if she has a problem, it triggers her from issues from when she was a kid and not being able to have a voice in anything. And I think where she's at with her personal development is that anytime someone doesn't see her truth as the truth, she's triggered and presumes she's being gaslit. Eventually, Mm. she's going to get to a point where she hears other people saying something different and doesn't automatically think it's a lie. But she is so not there yet. That takes work. Yeah. And I think she made the point when she said, like, I shouldn't have to scream and fight for you to hear me. But it's just like, and I get that. Mm. But it's just like, aside from the fighting, like, what are you trying to say? She doesn't understand that, that Heather doesn't understand it. She thinks by Heather saying, I don't understand, she interprets that as, you never listened to me because I'm saying the same thing over and over again. She's not registering that, yes, I know you're saying the same thing over and over again. I didn't understand it the first time. Or the second or the third or the fourth. Yeah, She's just not there yet. So they are going to have a disconnect until Whitney can acknowledge that Heather's truth can also be the truth. Yeah, but maybe it is time for Heather to sort of acknowledge that, yeah, you can't just have selective memory around what you did or did not hear or, like, I think Heather is playing her. I think Heather's maybe being, like, a total Mormon about it. Let's sweep everything under the rug. Yeah, but I don't know if she does sweep it. I think she might be stirring the pot a little bit behind the scenes. I got the impression with this fight at the end of the episode that there's more to it that we don't know and I think it's about them being on the show. And how Mm, they are on the show and all that stuff. Because that happens all the time, right? Yeah. Well, let's go through the shit at the start so we can really dig in deep if we need to. So it's it's only day two, which, (gasps) I mean, I was shocked. This is giving me New York vibes with the shittest locations and giving us the best episodes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And so the CEO of Breakfast, she's frying up some eggs and hash. Um, (laughs) Then Angie15k, Whitney and Lisa. So they're at the pool debriefing about the status of all their feuds. Mm. We don't need to get into it too much, I think, because it's not really important. They did the same thing all day yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. As a lot of rehash. But Lisa says she's going to go grab a Kit Kat and get ready for the day, which, I mean- Iconic. I know, right? Iconic. And then Heather's doing like a sort of woe is me routine at the breakfast bar and Mm. she sits down with Lisa. And so basically she's saying that everyone has toxic friendships with Jen. And one thing I noticed this episode is that we're getting like a million flashbacks. Yes. And I think it was a longer episode by like about 10 minutes. And I'm like, if we cut out the flashies. Yeah, it was like a 54 minute episode all up, which usually it's around what, like a 48? Is it? Yeah. You you love a time, don't you? I love a timestamp. Yeah. 
And so I was just like, we could call it with the flashbacks. I remember Heather pushing Whitney. I don't need to see it five times. <laughs> Although I did enjoy seeing it. I know, right? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to see it again? <laughs> so Heather thinks that her and Lisa are getting the brunt of Jen's anger the most. Of course they are. And she says if she got too deep into it, she's not sure her and Jen would be friends. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't be. Which is funny because it's the same thing Whitney's accusing Heather of. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like, no, Heather, you really can't ask Jen to go deep because you won't go deep with Whitney. Yeah, but it's so interesting to then see, like, on the flip side, Jen pulls over Angie 15K and they're all saying that they love each other, they want to push the restart button. And then and it's in like, oh. confessional, Angie 15K is like, we're not that great. Like, I now see who she is. Yeah, I wonder when that confessional was filmed, like, yeah. What other scenes have taken place, then she's said that. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Or she's sort of hedging her bets, probably. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have the energy to talk about Angie and Jen's friendship at the moment, do no, you? No, no, because it's all <laughs> bullshit. That's what it is. Jen makes up with her so she can have one of her minions as an ally again. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, I was sort of really coming around on Angie 15K. I was thinking she was a star, like, two weeks ago, but now I'm like, oh, stand up for yourself. She threw your shoes overboard. She wants to be on the show. I know that, but, like, respect yourself. This person has been horrible to you. Yeah. I'd love for a little bit of backbone, but The thing is, they're all being idiots except for Angie Danner. She's the only one who is clear-headed enough to know that Jenny's not going to be on the show next year. She's not the one you want to be aligned with. Mm, That's true. There's no need. But I don't think Angie Danner's getting a snowflake at this point in time. No, I don't either, funnily enough. No. So so then we're getting the Turks and Queso confessional and they're getting ready (laughs) to go do the sponsored ad for Beach Genie. That's (laughs) beachgenie.com. I assume. Oh, my God, that was everything because it never occurred to me. I love you for that. Oh, the spawn con in these shows. I didn't realise back in the day in New York when they went to see that movie that that's what that was. That's how dumb I am. I am so gullible. Well, and also at the end of this episode, I do believe Heather was like, okay, black eye reveal, I'm going to put on a Beauty Lab and laser T-shirt. Unless that's her pyjamas and she was in it, I think she whacked it on. Because she knew it was making this. Don't the show me a bruise after the shenanigans from the day before and expect me not to question how you got said bruise until I see the receipts, of course. Yeah, I mean, and the, the fact that she's scratched as well. Did you see all those scratches on her arm? No, I didn't notice the scratch. I just saw the yes. bruise. Okay, so did she fall in a bush like Luann? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Do you think this is all a big build up to her basically saying I was pissed and I fell over? Yes. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll see. No one no one punched or attacked Because then her. if they did, someone wouldn't be there the next day. We would have seen it plastered all over the newspapers that someone got yeah. charged or, or what, right? They wouldn't yeah. have been able to keep it a secret, so that's why I don't believe it. Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, anyway, so they do the they do the beach activities. Okay, we can skip the beach activities. We, we have really, to. Yeah, we, have we have to skip to. the beach activities. I just think Whitney sabotaging the other team's sandcastle was, was a bad move. Yeah. Even though it was a shit sandcastle, like, disqualify her. It sounded like it was going to be great, but mm. you need someone who's going to do the actual physical activity once you give instruction, right? Yes, that's true. That's true. So then they split up. So some girls surf, some girls go to eat, and the CEO of fun does nothing. So I really think we need to revoke that position. Is that not telling? <laughs> what a boring CEO of boring, Meredith Marks. She is the CEO <laughs> of boring. She is, like, really flying under the radar this season. I mean, the surfing was... 
you know, surfing. So let's just talk about the dinner because that was heavy. Yes. So you mean we've the lunch? got Heather. Yeah, the lunch. So we've got Heather, Lisa, and Jen talking about all their issues. And I was sort of struggling to care that much because, like, there's only so long you can hear them call it each other flip floppers. And ever since, you know, the, the plastic in the ocean, I've sort of cut Jen out of my life. So I wasn't really paying too much attention to mm. her side of things. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I can't take it on. But then she sort of shuts down the conversation saying she did attempt suicide. I agree with Heather. Jen is just, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, I, that was my, that was my sort of reaction when she said, it. I was like, I don't know how we're going to talk about this. She is always upping the ante. I thought she was weaponizing it like yep. i can empathize with her but i did think at the time like i was like what what's what are you intending to get out of this reveal that is a really serious thing to say and i think yeah i think that jen was weaponizing it yeah she got what she wanted she she said that then she stormed off then she came back then she cried and she got what she wanted which was in the van on the way back heather letting it go yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, tricky. Tricky subjects matter. People can disagree with me. People can say that I'm being insensitive. That's my opinion. I have had experiences with the topic and through yeah. my experiences, I am not giving Jen a pass. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not impressed with how she said it then. I'm not impressed with how she weaponized it at the dinner. I'm not mm -hmm. impressed. And that's my opinion based on my experiences with the subject matter. The end. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And that's the no, thing. No, like we can fair. sit here and say certain things on a podcast and other people can go, that was really insensitive, that was really hurtful. You don't know my experiences. You don't know where I'm getting my opinion from. I ain't sharing them, but I'm just giving context mm. as to why I'm really not happy with Jen for what she did. Yeah, I, it was I think it's bullshit. It was heavy. I think it's fucking bullshit. I think Jen's bullshit about it. Do I think she's outright lying? That's not for me to say. But my issue with this whole lunch with how Heather and Lisa attacked the situation is it's not necessarily Jen's fault that they have enabled her for three years and all yeah. of a sudden they're setting a boundary and blaming her for responding how she's always responded. They should just be saying, we have enabled your behaviour and we're not going to do it anymore. This is what I don't like and I understand why that would be a surprise to you right now, but I'm just letting you know from here on out I'm no longer enabling your behaviour. Instead of just attacking Jen, because if you attack her, you're going to get what you're always going to get. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know how Lisa and Heather were meant to take that, and I think they sort of probably did what was expected. They didn't do anything wrong in that point. When someone says that, yeah. you do back down. And look, Jen's- You have to. What Jen's trying to say is, I am going through a lot right now. I can't hear any criticism, which is why they should say, that's fine. You know what our problem is. I am no longer enabling that behaviour. And if mm. that means you can't be friends with me, I will respect that. But, of course, I can't do that because it's not a real friendship. They're on TV. It's a tricky line to cross. Yeah. And Heather says, like, we need to be a united front and, like, support her but also call her out on her toxic behaviour. And it's like, that's hard work. That is, that's going to be difficult. And at the end of the day, why are you doing it now? She's gone to jail in six months. It's almost <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah, it does get to that stage. And one of the things, Meredith made a really good point on Watch What Happens Live when, you know, when Jen said she didn't remember pushing Lisa? Uh-huh. Meredith said, I have never seen Jen that drunk before. I'm not surprised she doesn't remember. Because remember she yeah. slept it off in the van? 
She sure did. So, look, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that excuses her behaviour, but it never occurred to me that she didn't remember because she was smashed. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. I think I think that sort of covers it. So then the other four are in a van and they're, like, pretty much bitching about Heather, oblivious to, like, the bombshell that's been dropped over at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're all back at the house. What did you think of Whitney wearing a Brooks Marks cap? Okay, how did I not notice that? Okay. <laughs> what? It took me out of the scene. I was like, is she really wearing a Brooks Marks? Whitney was wearing a Brooks Marks cap? Uh-huh, she sure was. And she she was... is one smart cookie sometimes. Oh, man. <laughs> Mate. Do you reckon that Meredith gave them all, like, merch bags and no one saw? Like, we didn't see the scene? And maybe, <laughs> maybe. she was like, I didn't have a hat, so that's what I'm wearing? I don't know. I don't know either. It's like a fun little Easter egg to see all of their I little know. business merch pop up. <laughs> okay, so they're, get- oh, they're getting pumped for Marilyn night, which I just think is a bit sad. And... <laughs> In the sprinter, Jen, Heather and Lisa are like, well, we just had an intense situation, but it's Marilyn Knight, so let's get turned up. <laughs> I mean, Heather knows that that's what Jen wants. Yes, that's what she needs. I don't think it's about the fact of she wants to forget her troubles. She's always been like that. Mm. And so Whitney delivers everyone a terrible wig each, and I'm thinking, okay, was Marilyn Monroe known for terrible wigs? <laughs> like, why? No. Why is she delivering all of these shitty dry wigs? Because... Good wigs are expensive. Ah. Even like a good cheap wig is like 250 bucks. That's a good cheap wig. Like a, mm. a cheap good wig, sorry. How much does she want to spend on these wigs? Does she really want to spend <laughs> two, three grand on a bunch of good weaves when her husband just lost his job? No, she oh, wants yeah. to spend the $15. Yeah, I guess, but they do all look like crap. When they all come down for dinner, I was like, this isn't glam. And it is kind of funny. And I thought I would have put the wig on too until someone told me that we were leaving the house. I know. I was shocked. What the fuck? You're leaving the house in those? And I would say they're going to a restaurant, but I'm, I'm not sure they are because that place only serves charcuterie boards, which I think is ridiculous. How is that a meal? Actually, what am I saying? It can be a meal. I eat it all the time as a meal, but not if I'm going out to dinner. If I'm going out to dinner, that's the whole point. I eat I eat the meze at home for dinner because exactly. I couldn't be fucked to make dinner and there's all this yeah. cheese in my fridge. That restaurant will close down next month. Like there's, there's no way that can survive in this economy. I know, and people are walking around there in like polo t-shirts and regular t-shirts and you're walking around in a ball <laughs> gown and a bad weave. Oh, These chicks crazy. have some fucking balls, mate. I'm, in, I'm impressed. I'd have to be really drunk to jump on that bandwagon. Well, and, and Lisa obviously wasn't enjoying it. So as soon as she could, she took that wig off and I don't well, blame her. I mean, Lisa always looks fabulous. So she doesn't want to not look fabulous. Yeah. I get it. I'd be probably a bit embarrassed too, again, unless I was loaded. Yeah. With the booze. That's exactly right. So we sort of get into it at dinner and it goes from zero to a hundred with Whitney just being like, oh, what did you guys talk about at lunch? And then Jen's like, oh, you're prying, you're prying. Oh, you want to pry, do you? Well, if you're digging, then I'll tell you. And she just, and I don't, I don't think Whitney was digging that much. I think it was just general convo. It's a normal housewife move. Okay. We know we're going to have to talk about what we did when we weren't together. Yeah. I don't know. Jen just fucking hates Whitney. And I think Whitney should, yeah, get a whole pass on that one, like she says. Like, yeah, yeah. you're being inquisitive and then you can't really respond in any other way. No, because really you would would say, we're on a show, mate. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, I'd be the worst housewife, apart from the fact that I'm not hot and I'm poor. 
Um, <laughs> like I'd be like, seriously, we're on a fucking TV show. Yeah, it's the respect of the fourth wall that. I have I no think. respect for the fourth wall. <laughs> None. I want I want zero respect. I'm sorry. I literally had a dot point of, oh, my God, we saw a camera. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed. Yeah. Do you know what I love? I love how people are watching, like, old shows from, like, the 90s or whatever, mm. and they're now on Netflix or remastered or whatever on bigger TVs, and you see sometimes the crew on yes. the edges. Oh, my God. It's my favourite part. My favourite part. It's so part. good. So good. <laughs> I love it when I notice, like, an inconsistency in continuity. Uh-huh. If there's a scene and you see, like, a full glass and then the glass is empty and then the glass is full again, oh, I yeah. love that shit. Yeah. That's, oh, so that's good. Fun. Ah, okay, so <sighs> back to this really intense dinner. So it merges from the Jen bombshell into the Heather versus Whitney type of thing. And yes. we sort of have already covered it, but is there anything else you want to talk about with with Heather and Whitney and how they're just really not listening to each other at all. I was listening to both of them Mm. and I'm still confused, so I'm not surprised that Heather's confused. As I said earlier, I was pondering on it as I was doing the dishes and I believe that Whitney's issue with Heather is any time she wants to say, hey, I don't like what you said there, this is a boundary I want to put up. And I want you to be aware of it. Like, that is what Heather doesn't want to hear. Heather wants everything swept under her Mormon rug. And Whitney's like, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's the whole, she thinks Heather's gaslighting her. Which is not necessarily always the case. Yeah, I think there might be a tinge of it, though. Oh, yeah. Um, she's got She's all fucking tone, mate. Sorry. It's that thing that Lisa says, I think it was Lisa that said it right at the end, that Heather's trying to make it about everyone else so she doesn't have to deal with what it is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think the issue with Whitney, though, is that she'll bring up a point which she thinks is, like, prime evidence, mm. and it doesn't mean anything. Like, she's like, oh... Meredith, CEO of Boring, like we were unstacking the dishwasher and the vibes are bad. And it's like that has got nothing to do with anything. She's not good at explaining herself. But she thinks that was her trump card and it's like, what? (laughs) It may very well have been, but without any sort of context or without a full sentence, she's got nothing. She's very bad at explaining herself. Mm. As much as she wants it out there and she seems like she's into this discussion, I have a suspicion that Whitney actually hates confrontation, gets very anxious and is doing a real fucking bad job of it. She's not experienced in arguing if she wasn't allowed to more than half her life. Right. I'm not trying to give Whitney like a complete pass. It's just I have similar experiences, I believe. I'm seeing that she's a product of where she came from and that's that's what I'm understanding. That's all. I'm sort of seeing that more and more as well. Yeah. What I just find hilarious, whenever this conversation comes up, and they've been fighting about this for like 10 weeks, it feels, Mm. but it it always comes back to Lisa sucking dick for jazz tickets and trading sexual favours for tequila placement and she just has to sit there and take it. This is what I'm saying. Like, Jen is – look, I'm not saying Jen shouldn't be upset about the Finster account with it being Shah exposed. Of course she should be upset. It's a horrible thing. I would – be devastated if, if anyone did that about me. It would be very hurtful. But are we forgetting that account name was created to rag on Lisa? Yeah. And if there is more on that account that I am unaware of, please someone tell me because at this point that's all I'm seeing, that yeah. it's actually not about Jen, it's about Lisa. Yeah, I'm I know. Trey confused. I'm Trey confused. It is very confusing. And it also seems that the only thing that they're actually really pissed off about 
is the shifting alliances. Heather's pissed off at Whitney because she's sucking up Lisa's butt, as she keeps saying. Mm. And Whitney is pissed at the fact that Heather has blind loyalty for Jen and won't give her any of that grace. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's pissed off about who everyone's actually, like, friends with. Okay, if that's the issue, get over it. It's Housewives. Yes. This is why I'm confused. It is very confusing. And I think the editors, they tried to help us out with the million flashbacks, but it's just, it's, it's still not really sticking. They tried. And it seems also that Meredith is only being sort of sticking with Heather and Jen because Whitney said, hey, you started talking about Lisa first and then I piled onto it. And that means that Meredith thinks that Whitney's saying she started the rumour. Whitney's like, no, I didn't say you started the rumour. I'm saying you repeated the rumour first. Mm. Which is fine because Lisa went on her tirade about Meredith at the end of last season. But it seems to me like that's why Meredith doesn't want anything to do with Team Whitney. It's like, really? This is all redonkulous. It is. And now this has merged into a fight being like, I don't like that you just said bullshit and I don't like that you just said friendship break. And it's like, okay, well, when we're fighting about words, that's when it does get bad. I mean, Heather thinks that Whitney is being disloyal because she said we're having a friendship break. How is that disloyal? I I don't know. What irked me was at the end when Heather was just straight up ignoring Whitney. I didn't like that. That That was kind of gross. Like, I get Heather, like, being so over it. She's like, I don't want to engage. But it's like someone's talking at you two seats away and you're just acting like you can't hear them. Like, I don't like that. Heather keeps saying, like, I said I'm sorry, I said I'm sorry. It's like your words are saying you're sorry, but your tone is saying it's all Whitney's fault. Yeah. She is being passive aggressive. She's very passive aggressive. Totally. So any more thoughts until we get to the point where Angie Den is like, all right, let's go clubbing. No. <laughs> okay. Again, I don't get that how Lisa is the plushie at the state fair, but it was fucking funny. Yeah. And what I also didn't get is when Heather at the bar, before they go to the club, she mm. says, I'm right or die, but when I'm done, I'm fucking done. And I'm like, okay, so you're not right or die. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you're right or done. That's not, there's no dying involved. I'm right or done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know why I'm turning on Heather, but I am, and it's sad. I'm starting to realise now why Heather and Jen are close. It's because they're the same. They don't want to go too deep. Neither of them yeah. want to. And so yeah. that means they're left with each other, which is fine. I loved that we got a proper camera crew at In the gay the bar. the club. Oh, my God. Only for like five minutes apparently, but I appreciated it so much that it wasn't an iPhone. I could not believe we were in the club with an HD camera, correct. I was like, wow. I almost want to write a letter to Bravo and be like, thank you. Congratulations, Bravo. You finally went. It was so good. San Diego is the only town that'll let you in the club because they need all the advertising they can get. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know, but it looked—it looks like a fun club. It did. And this is when I really did start to have fun with this episode when they're like smashing a pizza in the Sprinter van. I was oh, like, "This is great." That was everything. God, I remember my days after the club when I'd have a meat pie and a box of chicken crimpies. <laughs> oh, for me, it was always like a falafel kebab. Well, you know, I—I I did used to eat the meat back then. No, yeah, it was a pie and a box of chicken crimpies. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I—I I loved this. You were, oh, yeah. you were eating the falafel back then. So proud. Yeah. Oh, I um, have a chicken kebab. Wow. Yeah, gross, right? I, I can't <laughs> imagine matter. eating that now. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved back at the house. People are getting locked out. The titties are out. Okay, they're locked out. They ring the doorbell. 
<laughs> and then I think, was it Lisa? She must have gone around the back or something because she opens the door. I don't know. It was chaos. It was the best. And as much as I've turned on Jen, I laughed out loud <laughs> when Lisa's on the phone to John Barlow and then turns around and there's Jen with a titty smushed up against the glass uh, door with just that face. I know. That I, was funny. It was so funny. Oh, my God. But can I just say one quick thing about being in the club? Mm-hmm. When Heather, Heather is really not wanting people to like who she doesn't like, just like Jen. I'm starting to realise that they're very similar because yeah. Angie K asks where Lisa went and Heather's like, she's dancing with Whitney and Angie Danner. She picked her team and then she says, fuck Whitney. I know, we're at the club. It's time to have fun. But also, like, stop telling people who to be friends with. Yeah. That's yeah, what that agreed. feels like. So I'm like, you're just like your friend Jen, just not violent and as screamy and way funnier. Yeah, yeah. I told you, man, right. funny people get a pass. I don't get a pass on this podcast because I ain't funny like you. <laughs> Fuck no, you're hell. funny. You're funny. Oh, well, apparently not. <laughs> so, I got um, another one star, by the way. <laughs> and they went, she's probably going to bitch about me like she bitched about the others. <laughs> I didn't bitch about them. I said they were funny. <laughs> but no one's funnier than fucking Lindy Yoga Pants. Sorry. She rocks. No, That was true. my first negative review. She'll always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> Love you, you Lindy Yoga Pants. So back at the house, so I said I had fun with them all having their boobies out. But <laughs> the then boobies. I did. I love how you I, call them boobies. <laughs> I didn't like how Angie was like, I'm going to take a photo for my stories. And I was like, no, we're at the house. It's sacred. Yeah. I know there's a camera crew, the old fourth wall. but That like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Not for you to be taking photos of drunk no. people. No, 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 no. I don't know if she posted it anywhere, but I was like, I don't yeah, like this. That's almost worse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it is then in you a way, think yeah. there's something wrong with it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan's. One other moment I liked, because this whole ending was chaos, but yeah. I liked when Whitney couldn't get her wig off and Lisa almost scalped her, like ripping know, it off her head. And then, and then she's like, like, oh, wait, oh, it's, it's just clips. clipped on. <laughs> <laughs> They're clearly <laughs> drunk. You know you're smashed when after a drunk day, a drunk dinner, a drunk club thingy, that you get back to the house and you want more booze, you are smashed. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And so, like, some people go to bed at three while the others are dry humping. Yes. And then at 3.28, Heather goes to the casita. But then at 4.50, <laughs> someone tries to break into the casita. So that's a, a good over an hour afterwards, yeah, which is interesting. knocking at the door and she opens it, but we don't see who it is. I know. And then we get seven hours later, which, oh, the chills oh. through my body. I thought you um, would have mentioned the 3.20 a.m., the 3.24 a.m., and then the 3.28. It was timestamp city. I couldn't keep up with Loved it. Loved it. So good. Do you think they did that? because it is confusing or they did that to confuse us? It was just like showing how an, an escalation. Perhaps. I loved how like at 3.24 we see Angie 15K walking down the hall presumably to go to bed and then we get shots of all the other rooms. I think it's like a murder mystery. I know. This is the best murder mystery ever. It's like glass onion or whatever <laughs> and we've got, yeah, because we're seeing like this person's here, this is an alibi for this person. Yes, but like, yes. Oh, I so don't know. Good. So yeah, they're really trying to build it up to being mm. like who attacked Heather, and I don't know if anyone did. Yeah, I know. So, I but we'll have to wait until next week. Jeez, they're dragging it. I know. <laughs> it was like it Mr. So Watsy in the library with the candlestick or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any other final thoughts on Salt Lake before we move on to Potome? Well, no, they did show us that it's 11.34 a.m. Oh, we get the next day. We thing. get the yeah, next yeah, yeah. day, and Heather texts Meredith to come to her room right now, and yeah. they sit her at the table. 
And then she takes off her sunnies. And that's when I saw, noticed not just the bruised eye, but the arm. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's all. That's all I want to say. Yeah. TBC, I was like, okay, this is the first real TBC we've had in a long time. In a long time. Exactly. Should we talk about Potomi please, cleaning please. up the mess? So for this, for me, was a bit of a filler app. I mean, we're still in Miami, whereas I'm like, oh. oh no, we just get back. Oh, that's right. We're not still in Miami. It's the way home. And it's funny how on Salt Lake, I'm like, oh, my God, it's only day two. Whereas in Potomac, I'm like, oh, thank God we're leaving Miami. Same. Mm. And I feel like generally the episode after a trip is always a bit filler. And that's fine. I get it. And that's it. fine. We it's, sort of need it after the like the big few weeks. I think it's kind of like after a trip, you'd be like, I want a fucking few days off people. So we do, we do have to see them doing their own thing a little bit. I get it. Yeah, that's right. And so every season we need to have Karen with a competing product against a, another housewife. And so this season seems to be the battle of the live shows. Yes, I do love that. <laughs> Do you think Karen just already has these things in the work or is she copying? Mm, I don't know. We did get a flashy of her being told about this live show in episode one. So uh-huh. I don't know how many weeks it is. That's that's the only thing. We're up to episode 10. Has it yeah. been a month? Well, and I suppose it's not like that unique of an idea that she couldn't think of a live no, show on her own. not at all. But, but it is funny. I would assume that the candle that that was already in the works because we keep getting told by not just these ladies but by, you know, all the people that we follow on the Insta or the YouTube or whatever, how long it takes to get a product from idea to a sellable, you know, on sale kind of thing. So Uh I assume the candle was pre-Wendy, but I don't know about a live show if that was pre-Robin and Giselle. It's interesting. So Robin and Giselle, they're having a live show for Reasonably Shady because apparently it's had millions of downloads. Good for them. Yep. And they discuss the club very briefly because we did end sort of on a oh. on a big note last week and then we went straight to ignoring it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which was a bit of a whiplash. It was. But Robin apparently reached out to Candace for a catch-up. And so then we get Candace's side of the story because, I mean, she's she's talking about how she got an MBA, good for her. And she did that so she can renegotiate for her record oh deals or whatever. I Wrong whatever. degree, bitch. <laughs> From what I understand, because I know heaps of people who got MBAs in this, in whatever it is, like business admin. Isn't mm-hmm. it the degree you go and get because you don't have one and you need one for your resume because you got heaps of work experience? Maybe, yeah. That's what I sort of thought. Is it a real degree? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't do undergrad for three years. And it's a postgrad. I don't know. When Wendy was like two degrees, I'm like, it doesn't count. It's not a separate <laughs> degree, is it? Like it's if, a master's. If I go and do a master's from my after my postgrad, I don't have two degrees. I have oh, one see, degree. I'd, I'd count it. Oh my god! And have you ever heard of anyone failing? These things are not cheap. It's not like well, you can get true. hex for it, mate. You got to pay this shit up front. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so yeah. I mean, good for her, but also shut up, Candice. <laughs> Definitely good for her. I just think, is it really, like, tent party worthy? I don't know. Yeah, well. I don't know. Any excuse for a tent party. Yeah. Candice, so she admits that she did say what she said about Karen because a producer told her I know, so. That's Where I know, I still, I still don't know if she did or not, but. Yeah, because you were saying that she said, yeah. Sharice said blah, 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 blah. And I haven't had the energy to actually go back and double check that but so let's just roll with the narrative that she said it yeah me either i was going to look too and then i was going to google it and i'm like oh it's candace i don't care 
So then Candace says Robin's the person she trusts the most and she looks up to her. And I was like, what? Since when? Yeah, I thought it was Karen. I don't know. Remember when she had her, was it the cash bar party? You know, she thanked her mum and Karen for being like her biggest influences or something. And now all of a sudden it's Robin. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. And so Candace also says she's late for her period. Oh, my God. I can't with this woman. And she drags it out all episode. I'm sorry. Your storyline for this season has already been determined and it's that your husband, Chris, is the new Michael Darby. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't make your storyline that my period's three days late. You just can't. Okay? You can't. I know. And, like, I honestly think Robin will get married before Candace ever gets around to freezing those eggs. You're trying to start a music career. That's his story. Fine. If you're serious about doing that, I can't imagine that you'd be like, oh, by the way, I'm putting it on pause right now to have a baby. I just, yeah. And I'm not saying that you can't do both. I'm just saying I'm not buying it. My thing is I don't really understand how pregnancy tests work. I've never really looked into you it. Pee My on apologies. A stick. <laughs> you know when you take the COVID test and you stick no, it up your nose and you I get the lines? Part. I know that part. I meant like the timing of it. So she said she's late for her period, but then she takes like five days to actually do the test. But she's got to talk about how she's late. She could be pregnant. And I'm like, just do the test now and find out. You can do the test straight away. That's what I was thinking. But she wanted a few scenes under her Being belt Being pregnant isn't like maybe I've got the flu. I've got it all. Maybe <laughs> I've got COVID. I've got to wait a couple of days. You're either pregnant or you're not. It's a binary <sighs> thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've waited anyway, to do a pregnancy anyway. test. Oh, my God. Give so us then a break. Karen catches up with her friend, Matt, and I always love when the friend Matt pops up. <laughs> Me too. Oh, P.S., just even though I was just bitching about Candace, I have mm-hmm. to say she looks so cute in her house pants. Oh, okay. I did not look that cute in my house clothes, let me tell you. Now, I know she was ready for the cameras, but I was almost like, oh, what house pants is she wearing? Because I really like it. I should get it. I appreciate a house pant. I love a good house. Like, I'm wearing my house pants right now, and they are nowhere near as cute as what Candace was wearing. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, this is when Karen talks about her evening with the Grand Dame, and I loved how sort of Matt was just giving like a rundown of all of these ideas. And she was like, yep, yep. And he kept saying, cut to, cut to, <laughs> cut I mean, to. It was, was very funny. he was basically just giving us a rundown of Luann's cabaret show, right? He's obviously been. <laughs> yes. So That is what it was. When she said, Robin and Giselle have a podcast, do you think it's similar? And he says, that doesn't sound very interesting. <laughs> have you never heard of my favourite murder and listened to one of their like live podcast episodes, like are you a moron? Maybe he doesn't know what a podcast is. And I love how she said she got the idea from her friend, Wendy Williams. (laughs) (laughs) I love Wendy Williams, so good for her. Me too. But the most important part of this whole scene was that cheese and cracker canoe thing. Oh, yeah. She had like one of those canoe-shaped bowls and just put some cheese and crackers in it. Again, (laughs) they were like water crackers. And, like, little cubes of Gouda. Like, what is going on? Not even a cloche. Not even a, not even a lone strawberry. Wow. Like, that was as bad as Candace's one last season. <laughs> what the fuck? No one's touching. Like, if someone put that out for me, I'd just be like, that's so lame I'm not touching it. Get me a Cheeto. <laughs> Get me a red vine. Get me something because that looked so unappetising. And it yeah. was in, like, a freaking canoe bowl. What the fuck? 
Oh, yeah. Literally, Karen was like, I'm going to put out the crappiest crap because it's going to sh- go straight into the bin. It was like a fridge clean out. That's what she put in that bowl. Okay. <laughs> she does love a fridge clean out. <laughs> let's go to Chick- Chicago. 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 Okay. So Wendy went and did a keynote speech apparently in Chicago. But it looked like a breakout room, footage, by the way. That was a breakout room. She was sitting down. I could see in the reflection of the television that there were six people there yes, who were uninterested. It was a breakout room, mate. I feel bad for her that that's her big keynote speech. She was a keynote speaker in like a uni class tutorial. That's what it felt like. It was probably like an extra thing and six people from the class rocked up. Because they said they'd be food. <laughs> and better better than that fucking canoe cheese bowl. You can't even call it a cheese platter. It was in a bowl. Anyway, canoe. look, no one's asking me to speak. So good for fucking her. Good for her. Bitches on TV. I'm not ragging her skills at all, but it was lame. That's all I'm saying. You weren't a keynote a speaker. Your mate asked you to come and speak to a couple people. Good, And again, good for you, but... Just get some perspective. When you're seated, to me, it's not a speech, it's a panel. <laughs> so yeah. if it's a speech, stand up. Yeah. You're not a keynote speaker. I mean, whatever. <laughs> just just be honest. Come on. Whitney Rose would funny. be like, that was gaslighty. No. <laughs> <laughs> to, when I heard keynote speech, I just built it up in my head and then they cut to <laughs> that room it and I was like, It wasn't even <laughs> at a lecture. Like it wasn't even at. Like an in curriculum lecture, like a keynote speaker is. It's a non. You, okay, I don't need to tell you what it is. We clearly know what it's supposed we got to it. be. We got it. I mean, she. So, I, I hope she didn't pay for that plane ticket to get there. Well, that's did. the thing. I think she got a free trip to Chicago, and that's fun. Chick Chicago. Anything to get away from the kids, right? Yeah. Okay. So Robin meets up with Candace, mm. and so Robin's going through some stuff because her friend Shirley lost some family in a tragic car accident. Yeah. So it's pretty heavy. And I sort of, I get that. Like when something like that happens, you are like, oh, why am I fighting with this person over mm. an Instagram live? Like it does put things into perspective. Yeah. But then they're like, I consider you to be my sister. And I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I appreciated the fact that Candace was comforting her and letting it go. I mean, it was the first thing she asked about, which was lovely. Yeah. yeah. But why is Candace crying? Oh, well, who knows? Is this the IVF? Is this is what making her cry? But then I think, oh, you've always been a crier. I think it's like a chicken and the egg thing or mm. have love's dog response where she'll just see a folded up serviette and start to cry. <laughs> I think you might be right. She's like, oh, my God, there's a big napkin. And then she she cries and she can't help but put it up into her eye crack. Yeah. Do you think- I don't know, but I did think yeah. it was lovely when she said, Robin, I don't think you're a fake bitch. And I was like, oh, that's that's beautiful. Put that in a card. Karen's not a fake bitch and Robin's not a fake bitch. But I heard her. Did you not hear her? All them hoes. Yeah, uh, yeah. All them ladies, whatever she called them. Like, that's not all then. That's like 70% or something. I can't do math, like, on the fly, but sorry. How fake as fuck is that? It's not all of you because it's now not two of you. She's walking it back. She's saying they're fake as fuck. Yeah. Name names, Candace. Name names. They're all fake as fuck, including herself. Yeah, I mean, it's a real housewife show, but we're not really expecting them to be real. And how is that a revelation, Robin? Why are you so upset? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's sort of that's sort of it for that chat. Speaking and then, fake as fuck. Uh, this lame-o event that Mia and G are doing at a chiropractor site in DC. But oh they're outside. Why can't they go inside? I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And then she does a keynote speech to more people than <laughs> Wendy had in the room. And it's like, wh- who are you speaking to? And I am confused. So, okay, 
she and G have franchised a chiropractic business. Got it. No problem. I get that. There's nothing weird about that. However, she has now 15 offices in four states and one territory. Mm-hmm. And there's another eight that they collect royalties on. So that's 20. Is that 22? 23? I can't count. How is she only making $450,000 a year? Girl, I don't know. Remember she told the ladies, I make made $450,000 this year. Is that just her salary? Because if you and your husband have 22 franchises that you're the franchisor of, how are you only making 450k a year? Mm, maybe she's smart and she she's lowballing it for the cameras because she doesn't want to get investigated by the tax. I'm department. wondering if that's just her salary because I'm now understanding that G is the BD, he's the business developer, and uh-huh. she's the manager. That makes sense. He gets the franchises and she does all the everyday nitty-gritty managery stuff. Got it. No problem. That all makes sense now what he does to me. But if you're making 450000 a year, sure. But if you and G are making that, this is not normal. I don't, I don't think so. The lowballing it would make me want to question their finances. I'm questioning a lot about Mia and G. Oh, well, so is everyone. <laughs> so is everyone. So then we meet up with um, Ashley and Uncle Lump. Yes. I mean, we love a lump scene. I, I have to say, Uncle Lump's wife, I think she's just as lovely as Lump. Yeah, she's good. She's I'm good. happy for him. Um, what did you think about this scene? Because I was thinking Michael Darby, even though he's not on camera, he's still the biggest villain of the show. Agreed. Because when she said that he started yelling at her how he just wants to look after, like, one baby and not the other, like, that day, I was like, what the He's fuck? just come back from being away and she's taking the kids to visit her family that he knows hates him. But Michael just wants Dean and not Dylan. Well, because the baby requires, like, actual hard work. Whereas the other one just requires to be stuck in front of the TV. Like he can play and interact with Dean. He can't play and interact with Dylan. It's a baby. It requires work. He doesn't want that. He should have said, when can I see my kids today? But how is it her problem that he's just gone on Vacanza and he's come back and he's like, now I want to see my kids. It's like, well, I'm not here to serve you any longer, mate. I suit myself. Uh, he's gross. Yeah, he's gross. Yeah, that's gross. He can't control her anymore and he doesn't like it. So he's going to do the only thing he has left, which is to be aggressive. Poor Ashley. Yeah, I feel sorry for her. Me too. When she keeps saying I'm scared to look after the kids alone, what I want to know is what is he saying to you? Like I understand you would be worried anyway, no problem. But it seems to me like Michael's getting in her ear to make her so petrified to leave him. Do you know what I mean? Like why? Yikes. I mean, why don't you just fucking move in next door to Uncle Lump? I would. That'd be great. I think that's exactly what she needs right now because Mm. his wife was being so positive and lovely and just telling Ashley what she needs to hear that it made me think, what's Michael saying to you before you leave? Like, you're not going to be able to do this shit on your own. You can't do it without me. Is that what he's saying? Because I don't get, I get why she's scared, but I don't get why she's so terrified. Yeah. That's dark. I know. That's dark. Okay. So let's move on. So then Candace picks up Dorothy from the airport. You know, I always love to see Dorothy. Yes, me too. (laughs) Yes. We'll see more of her later in the episode, but it was just, it was nice to touch down with Dorothy. It really was. 
And then we have Giselle and Jamal hosting a sweet 16 for the twins. And I actually thought this was like a really nice counterpoint after the Ashley stuff mm. to see like two divorced people co-parenting. Yes. And it was actually kind of really cute. Well, because Jamal just does whatever Giselle wants because he doesn't actually co-parent. Well, yes, but in this point in time, it was a nice moment. At least he recognises that though, don't you think? Yeah. 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 And look, he may co-parent, he just may not want to do it on the TV, which is perfectly fine, even though it seems like he does like the camera. Oh, he loves the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I just thought it was a nice event. I mean, boring for our purposes, but it was cute for a few minutes. Any chance I get to see Cal, I'm happy. Yeah, oh God, I love I Cal. Love Cal. So then we go to uh, Candace's tent party. Um, mm. At least it was a backyard party, which I thought was appropriate for the event. Like if she went and got a venue for a grad party, I wouldn't be able to roll my eyes hard enough. So at least it's just a backyard party, but I don't know why you need $10,000 marquee. See, I disagree because this party didn't know what it was trying to be because we've got her all dolled up. Yeah, but then too much. Chris is just wearing a plain white tee. Well, because it's a backyard party. Who's fucking wearing well, heels in the well, backyard? That's the thing. What What is it trying to be? But my other issue is as soon as that snake arrives, cancel the party because I got no closure on whether or not the snake catchers came. Did we get rid of the snake? Do not be inviting guests out into a marquee when there was a snake earlier. Yeah, were there children about? It's a snake, Mariana. It's They're snake. scary. Well, it's not a snake. Apparently it was Giselle, according to I mean, Dorothy. That, that was hilarious. That was funny, yeah. But then we sort of, we said that, made the joke, moved on, and I was like, no, I need I need to know what happened. I need to know why there was a sign that said boss moves. Oh, you, you have a whole big thing about people calling themselves a boss. Oh, do you know <laughs> your, why? Your I really, <laughs> I actually have a bugbear. This is going to totally show my age and that I'm old. I have a bugbear with titles that people give themselves. <laughs> like the CEO of fun? When people call themselves like a manager of this or it's like, mate, <laughs> if you're doing the actual work, you're a manager of none. Okay. Speaking of hating, what did you think of Robin's bike shorts? I thought it was an appropriate attire for a backyard <laughs> party. That's what I thought. A backyard party on the TV. Get those bike shorts off and put on a pair of pants. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I was more bothered that we needed glam for a backyard party. And I get it. You're on the TV. Sure. Get your makeup did. Even Robin got her makeup did. But it's a backyard party. It's like Meredith wearing heels to the fucking beach. <laughs> It's like, come on. Like, I get it, it's housewives and I love the glitz and I love the glam. But then get some, like, really cute designer fucking active wear or whatever if you want to be all glam. You know, Dorit would have known how to dress to this party. She would have been head to toe in fucking Fendi with the coolest sneakers. Do you know what I mean? It's just a ball gown or an evening dress. (laughs) I'm getting the same outfits, so I'm not happy about it, I guess. Yeah. What did you think of her roping off the stairs to go upstairs? Oh, my God, what the fuck? I do not get that. I literally wrote, why are there bollards in front of the stairs? Aren't these people your friends and family? Yeah, especially when she was doing the, like, walk down the stairs reveal, like she's Fran Fine from The Nanny, and then she has to step (laughs) over the rope. You couldn't have even moved the rope for your big reveal. It was kind of, like, puzzling. However, I was just really grateful that she didn't perform one of her songs. Yes. I mean, we've got to take our wins where we can. Yeah, I was grateful. Robin has a little chat about the wedding and how it, she just wants to have a private thing. She doesn't just have the a chat. Karen grills her like it's her <laughs> fucking business. 
She even says Robin's making it my business. I don't get, I love you, Karen, but I don't get how Robin's making it your business. Well, they had to go to her engagement party as the season finale wrap up like okay, two so years ago. Okay, so they're making it a storyline and so therefore it's Karen's business. Is if you've you been mean? forced to bring someone an engagement gift to an engagement party, you're invested in whether or not the <laughs> wedding happens. Yeah, that's true. So I'm on team Karen there. I would like to know. And Karen's not buying it. I want to know, but it's not necessarily her business, but I want to know. So now yeah. she just wants a private ceremony with the boys. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Do you think the hats aren't doing as well as she's trying to let us believe? Maybe. Or maybe she's like, you know what, we already did have a wedding. Like, <laughs> this is all kind of useless yeah. unless, I don't know, maybe production said we're not paying for it. Maybe. My guess is that they'll just have a party. She might not want the actual ceremony filmed, but she's fine if they do a party. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to care. Just like with Candace doing the pregnancy test, it's oh. hard to care when we know it's not leading anywhere and it's fake. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Candace pulls Karen aside, owns up to what she said, doesn't remember saying it, but she's sort of taking ownership, which well, is amazing. Of course yeah, she is. It's, fucking, it's on camera. She'd rather do it now than at reunion. She ain't stupid. Yeah. Karen accepts the apology. And also, we sorry, we had Robin and Wendy catching up and then they sort of just, things blow over. It was very like easygoing episode with people just forgiving each other. I appreciate the fact that Wendy approached Robin sober. That's a tough thing to do when you're overreacting when you're drunk, that you really don't hate someone, you love them. It's hard to do it sober the next day. So I've given Wendy props, people. Uh-huh. But her overjoyed, exaggerated reaction when she says to Robin, I want an apology, so Robin says I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Her squealing after receiving that whatever apology was a bit like, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I think it goes to show how like empty of a word it is. Like, and I think mm. sometimes for these housewives fights, they just need to hear that word. I'm sorry. I apologize. And then it's forgiven. And like, you don't actually have to show actions for an apology. You know what I mean? Well, then why do you need it if it's fake? It's a box ticking exercise, I think. Oh. It's just like, you've said it, now we can move on. Still might hate each other off camera, on camera, it's but we're, strange, we're moving on. man. It is weird. Oh, I don't know. I found that really weird. I was like, is she drunk now? Like, she squealed like a kid getting a puppy for their birthday. I got vibes that she was just super uncomfortable. Uh, and I think like when she when she walked in and she was like, yes, two degrees, yes, two degrees. Yeah, it was sort of like okay. she didn't know how to act, so she was overcompensating because she felt awkward coming to this party. Of course she's awkward. She got smashed and was like, like love bombing everyone. I get it. I've been there and then regretted it the next day. <laughs> I didn't like that in confessional when she's like, well, it's not four degrees. It's like, oh, we know you've got four uh, degrees, Wendy. We know. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, so what did you think of Ray coming up to Chris and saying like, oh, maybe you should apologise just to yeah, smooth things over? And then Chris being like, I'm ambushed yeah. and throwing like a tantrum. He did throw a tantrum. I mean, he even walked out when Candace was given a speech and was like muttering under his breath, apologise yeah, okay. for what? I didn't do shit. And sitting on a fucking lawn chair instead of celebrating your wife who clearly yeah. enjoys being celebrated. Even though she's making a speech in the kitchen and not in the marquee that she's hired. I know uh, no one was in the marquee. That's funny. Well, Everyone's just hanging out in the probably kitchen. Probably because of the snake. Probably. Maybe they put the snake in the marquee. Yes, yeah, so I don't know why Chris took that so to heart because then he was like, yeah, saying on Twitter, I think, that he was ambushed. And it's like, can we stop with the word ambush with the pair of them? Yeah. It's not an ambush. It's not an ambush. You knew these people were coming to your house. They were invited. <laughs> Ray of all people. I'm not like, surprised that Ray really said it. Do you think Ray coordinated an ambush? Yeah. Ray? No. But Ray's old school 
Well, because he's old. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. He would, I reckon he would believe, he would be on Giselle's side. He would think that that was inappropriate. So that's why he's saying, why don't you apologise for making her uncomfortable? It's like your feelings don't mean, it's not a fact that I made you uncomfortable just because you feel uncomfortable. It's that whole feelings yeah, exactly. aren't facts. I get why Chris is pissed off about it because he's like, I don't want to be the new Michael Darby and this is bullshit because the more you guys talk about it, the more it seems I am the new Michael Darby for you people. But why are you going off about it on the Twitter? Yeah, that's when you employ the I'm sorry if apology. Yeah, exactly. Use that if. This is the first time I would agree with I'm sorry if your feelings were hurt. It never occurred to me that you would consider that inappropriate because it's not 1942. Yeah. And I won't ever do it again. Yeah. You know, that non-apology. That's all it needed, I think. I think so too. We sort of finished the episode with Candace making that speech in the kitchen. Did you notice, though, she was too slow to catch the tear with the napkin? Because it, <gasps> <No>. <laughs> we, she did start to have a tear, like, streak down her she face. And you could sort of see tear? the line. She did. And and then she had the napkin up trying to dab at the corners of her eyes, but she was too late. I was she like, was oh. too late. It dribbled. You let one slip past for once. It was crazy. I was kind of impressed with her her new approach with her mum. I don't know if it'll last, but I'm impressed by it. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts on the episode? No, it was a lot of little scenes and yeah. Yeah. we didn't need half those scenes. No. Whatever. No. And I think next week will be a, a bit of filler too. So we're just a lot of talk about... Mia and G's sex life, which I don't need to hear about, honestly. Who cares? Um, <laughs> if they're consenting adults, I don't understand how that's news. I yeah, really nah. don't. So they're into threesomes. Whoopty fucking doop. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. So Candace is shooting the music video with Trina and then we've got the live podcast and it seems like Karen's heckling. And I was getting um, Real Housewives of Melbourne vibes. Did you Remember see that? all those empty seats? <laughs> there were uh, yeah. a lot of empty seats. That was not reasonably shady. That was just fucking plain old shady. It's sort of funny because was it like the whole barn fight with Monique and Candace? That all came from her not showing up to a live podcast recording for the uh, oh my for the God. not for lazy mums. Oh, I forgot about that. that <laughs> I don't know. What it was I'm about? A- I don't even know. It totally was. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, she pulled out of the live podcast and that's why they fought. Oh, my God. Um, I do love the fact that Karen took notes and production gave us little points as to what we're not going to do with our live show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I so was saying, so remember Housewives of Melbourne last season where yeah. there was hecklers in the audience? Yeah. I love a heckler. <laughs> a good heckle. Mwah. That was funny, wasn't it? I think at the time we were like, that bitch, she needs to shut up. But I know, but now in hindsight I'm like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> it was anyway, me. So let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. You guys can reach out to us with any tea or tidbits at effing bravo on Twitter and Instagram. And let's uh, catch up next week. Oh, yeah, and if you want to come for me, my name has one in, not two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I think it's funny. If you can't laugh at yeah. yourself... Oh, even my dog's going exactly. off. Did you hear that? <laughs> the dog's like, it's time to wrap yeah, it up. the dog's like, come on, bitch, it's time to go to the park. All righty. <laughs> All right, bye. Love you guys, bye.